I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. No. Stanley Kubrick. Mm-hmm. He made the film in 1968 about the uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. He, did. he made that film in 1968. He did. And then, because he was so good at doing the space film thing, in 1969, when they landed on the moon, I say that in air quotations, air quotes, yeah. then they asked, they asked Stanley Kubrick, can you. Um, help us out with this video mm. and Stanley Kubrick was like yeah I serve you know my country and stuff and then in 1980 he made The Shining mm. and in The Shining there's loads of references it's like a film about how the moon landings are fake and Stanley Kubrick feels really guilty about, about it really yeah that sounds to me exactly like the sort of nonsense you read on the internet that's fully true it's fully true is it fully true nothing fake on, about that it's on the internet no because Therefore it's it's, true. Because it's, it's nonsense true. No, Ruth... I just don't think they landed on the moon. Lee Harvey Oswald killed uh, President Kennedy. We landed on the moon in 1969, and L- Lady Diana... Well, well, you yeah, there's no that. way. And I, right, I don't think that 9-11... The jury's still out on the uh, car crash in Paris. Yeah. I don't think that 9-11 was fake. Like, I do think that those were real planes, and they did really go yeah, into right, the Twin okay. Towers. But... If you go on the internet, you'll find that it is a, in the same way no, as the moon landings are fake. You'll yeah, find but I don't believe that's much. But I do believe that the government did know about it and they didn't do everything that they could have done what, to na- stop it. Nine eleven. Yeah. What? What? what, what? Because the, the that's the trouble. The internet people. The Bin Ladens were like generation. best friends with the Bushes. Who says? But oh. I've read that somewhere, and that they helped get the Bin Ladens out. Right. They put them on a plane, and then they got them out. Really? Yeah, it's true. It's true because you read that somewhere on the internet. Yeah, it's only as, it it's book, only as true. It it's only as true as you reading somewhere that they did everything that they could to stop nine eleven. I'm actually relying on reputable news reporters. I'm not mm. relying on some idiot in Arizona putting stuff on the internet. I, well, so I mean, you, you can believe what you want to believe, yeah. but. But the good thing is we seem to be getting some level on this, which is, which is the main thing. Yeah. Before we get, uh, before we start, though, some very good news for you. There's a headline in the Times which said, we should be a little less eager to say fewer. As you know, it's been one of the main features of the first series of the podcast. We're into series two now. Ridiculous. But, but in the first series of the podcast, we were talking, you would say, there are less people. And I would say to you, no, no, not less people, fewer people. Because you can't have less of a person. Although you can have less of a person. You can. But they say we shouldn't be... It's usage, really. Uh, Yeah, it's the same thing with that um, metaphorically and literally. 
Oh no, no, it's not the same thing. No, but someone did. No, someone tweeted being like, it's used as an antonym for metaphoric, like used an an antonym for metaphorically, and it's not. It's taken on a new meaning. Uh, Well, literally, as far as I'm concerned, is and there was what there was a classic one. You know, in a football match, if somebody kicks the ball straight to the goalkeeper, so it's very easy for the goalkeeper to catch. In rugby as well, if you uh, do a long kick. And it's very easy for the fullback to to catch. The metaphor we usually say, right down the fullback's throat is what you say, and you know what I mean. It's yeah. right down his throat because it whoosh, straight I to get him. It. Yeah, there was a, a commentator who said uh, at a match on uh, Saturday last week because the it was a very straight shot. Goalkeeper saved it easily. He said that one straight down the goalkeeper's throat, literally. Which, no, but it's so, used as it's used do, as and like that's an, not right. Yeah, but it's used as like an emphasizer. Does it make the meaning any less clear? No. If it doesn't make the meaning less clear, this is something I've been learning more and more as I get older. That if something doesn't affect the meaning, then don't mention it. Do you know what I mean with with grammar and with words? If it doesn't affect the meaning and the, it's still clear, then you don't need to say anything about it. Like just don't be a dick. Should we start? <laughs> Also, on the subject of conspiracies... Oh, yeah. I just think they get a lot of this stuff from the ocean and then they can just say it's... Like, loads of stuff turns up and they're like, I don't even know what this is. This doesn't look like anything from Earth. What, plastics, you mean? No, not plastics. Like, like Area 51 stuff. What's Area 51 stuff? Like, the aliens. <laughs> Area the, 51. I've never heard of Area 51. Tell me what Area 51 is. You've never 50, heard of Area 51. No, I don't know. I even, avoid all that stuff on the internet. No, Area 51 is a real thing. What is it? It's where the um, the government. So, this is what it is. The United States Air Force facility, commonly known as Area 51, is a highly classified remote detachment of Edwards Air Force Base within the Nevada Test oh, and Training right. Range. There was a film about it, and loads of like weird stuff happens there and things and um and like yeah you, there's like been ufos and conspiracy I theories know about the UFOs, and sometimes yeah. they they find stuff and people don't know what it is and or like they'll find some really weird like alien looking animal thing right. and then the government can just say it, well it's from the ocean it's from the depths of the ocean so you think they're covering up the ufos what's the famous inc- the roswell is this the roswell ufo incident yeah i think so yeah i'm pretty sure it is but the aliens like land there or they like drop stuff down there and then they use the alien technology to make their like war technology better. You're in a wacky mood this week, Ruth. Some people would say you may be spending too much time on the internet. But I just think that the government gets away with a lot of things by saying it was found in the depths of the ocean. Let's move away from the internet to uh, real life. And I understand that they're now doing hash browns in oh. in Subway, you were telling me. Um, I went on a night out and I had Subway hash browns. That's part of the new Subway economy menu, isn't it? Yeah, it's you, they're really cheap. It's about a pound, isn't it? Yeah, it's like really, get, really cheap. Yeah, but it's not very nutritious for your pound, just hash browns. No, I mean, they're fine. I mean, it's potato, isn't it? But how... <laughs> I wonder how something can look so crispy but be so soft. Yeah, so it wasn't crispy. Like, it looks... They looked so, like, crisp, and, you know, and then they'd be soft in the centre. But really what they were was 
extremely soft and so unbelievably hot that you thought the roof of your mouth was going to <laughs> melt off. Mm. There, I, I think what it is is because I know people do look to this podcast, at least in series one, they did for comment on fast food. Yeah, and it sounds to me like they're. Now- you know what is good though? McDonald's always have a seasonal fried cheese offering. Mm. Because um, we want to point out for new listeners who are just catching us on series two, uh, you're a pescatarian. Yeah, I don't eat meat. Or mean. a fish and chip critter, as we sometimes call them. Yeah. And they have a seasonal cheese offering mm. of like a, fry, like a fried cheese or whatever. And they had mozzarella sticks and those were absolutely incredible. Best things I've ever eaten. They were just brilliant. Mm. Like they were perfect. And then they got rid of them and they keep bringing back new ones and they're never as good. And then they had last month or something there was spicy cheese nachos and they were really disappointing and not good at all and then now they have camembert bites because it's christmas Mm. with like um, a spicy tomato sauce and it's really the camembert bites are really good Mm. so if you're at mcdonald's but the hash browns uh from subway yeah don't bother uh, don't bother but i suspect so what subway have done is introduced an economy menu to try and catch up with mcdonald's because mcdonald's always have a cheap offering don't they very very cheap oh mcdonald's is much cheaper though they have the 99p service menu yeah and that's why subway have done it i think yeah probably Such a lot of exciting stuff you've told me about this week. I don't know whether this is another conspiracy theory uh, about the Japanese ships. What was that? Oh, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's just fully, this is true. This year in... Get ready for some real great pronunciations of different Japanese words. Yomiuri Shimbun is reporting that a record number of 89 vessels... Is that a Japanese paper, the Yomiuri Shimbun? Yeah. yeah. Record number of 89 vessels, either wrecked or deserted, have been identified near Japanese shores, according to the Tokyo Coast Guard. Many have been in the vicinity of the Hokkaido... Hokkaido, yeah. Yeah, uh, region to the north, and almost all of them on the country's western flank facing the Korean Peninsula. That's where it gets interesting, because what do we know about Korea? What we know about Korea is split between North and South, and Kim Jong-un is uh, in charge in the North. Out of these 89 vessels that have washed up on the shore of Japan, five were found to contain a total of 12 dead bodies. That's quite a lot of bodies. Analysts have suggested that a number of the boats were maybe carrying refugees. That's been a suggestion. Other ones have thought maybe it's fishermen struggling to fulfil the quotas that are set by North Korea because they're under a lot of pressure to bring in fish and stuff. And then... The annual, there's always an annual inrush of these ships that wash up on the shore. Mm. But this year, especially, they've been nicknamed, some of them have been like zombie ships because they're just fully just dead, dead crew. People, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Japan have been like, this is not okay at all because Korea, you can't like be bringing people onto our shores and stuff. But I just find it such an interesting story that there's just all these boats washing up with like dead crews because it reminds me of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Now, I used to uh, occasionally take you to your singing lessons. And, yeah, back uh, in the practice, day. Back in the day, which was in uh, an old uh, building, an old industrial building, uh, Holbeck in Leeds. Yeah, it was, it was an old chapel. It was an old chapel. Okay. And I used to take you there. And occasionally I used to wait for you in the car. And uh, once or twice I'm waiting for the car, a young woman would come up, tap on the window and say, are, are you wanting to do any business? To which his and response the, would be, no. 
My response would be, thank you very much indeed, but no thanks. The reason being was that uh, Holbeck had been sort of initiated uh, as Leeds's first decriminalised red light district. So basically, prostitution. It, it was a sort of dipping your toe in the water uh, on legalising prostitution. Mm. And everybody, they thought, at least, you know, we can confine it. It's, it's an you easy... You can control it. You control can make it, it It's not worked, has it? No, which is, I find it surprising because I've always thought sex work should be legal because that's the only way that you can protect people. But then it's not worked. And it's, it's not so worked at all. I mean, I'll read you what it says here. Leeds established a red light district in 2014 as a progressive way to help sex workers operate in a safe environment. Instead, children at nearby schools are being propositioned by punters. A 21-year-old prostitute was murdered. Most of the 180 women working in the zone are, ad- really sad. Yeah, are addicted to drugs. And locals spend hours every weekend picking up discarded uh, syringes. But then in the red light district in like Amsterdam... Is notorious for it. It kind of works, doesn't it? There. No, I don't. I thought, I, well, I thought they tended a, to be quite safe. There's a variety of views on that. Some people say that it's uh, increased sex trafficking in that. Yeah, they the bring prostitutes are trafficked things. from poor areas of Europe, Albania, Romania, or, yeah. or, or wherever. It also says here, uh, crack cocaine addiction is causing some women to do anything for cash in hand. Jeremy Corbyn has spoken in favour of prostitution being legalised. But then maybe only it only is there's only these problems caused by it because it's in these like confined areas and stuff maybe if prostitution was legal across the country or across the world then it would work see my view is that it's not prostitution that should be legalized what should be legalized is drugs yeah i, I think if, we've if, spoken if, about this yes i think if heroin were, were made you know because it's drug addiction clearly just yeah. reading this story about leads it's drug the problems addiction are not around dri- the prostitution no it's drug addiction that's uh, that's driving it i can't read the whole article but there's loads of interesting stuff in it about the handmaid's tale so in the handmaid's tale there's like jezebels i don't know whether it meant about it they mentioned jezebels they? in here yeah yeah basically they the um regime in Gilead which is I love that I, I talk about the Handmaid's Tale as if it's a real thing that's like going on well in the world. like you talk about faking the moon landing as if it's a real thing and Japanese Different. zombie ships no that is a the Japanese zombie ship thing is real yeah okay Handmaid's Tale Handmaid's Tale Jezebel's and, and the Gilead regime that are these very pure puritan puritanical yeah puritanical yeah, puritanical yeah. people and stuff and they set up this Jezebel's which is kind of a way that the they're sort of fallen women or women who mm. aren't good enough to be handmaids or whatever they put on like low cut clothes and all that kind of thing and they're allowed to do drugs and the men who are the commanders go there and it's kind of like if you allow them this little pocket of like rebellion then it's an easy way to actually control people yeah and i'll read you exactly what it says about that it says for every belle de jour which is a, a french film or uh, julia roberts character oh uh, what know, a, i mean nonsense who says um brilliant film though we say who we say when we say how much there are hundreds of exploited women being used or trafficked in scenes yeah. more reminiscent of the jezebel's brothel in the handmaid's tale yeah uh, according to this piece i think that's the problem isn't it though in an ideal world the women who become prostitutes become prostitutes because they want to but actually most people do it out of necessity or being forced but the funny thing about prostitution is that prostitution is illegal but pornography isn't i feel like you can't say one type of sex work is actual work and one type isn't it has to be more broad 
Ruthie, there's been a, a complete uh, switchover as far as the emails go. If you remember, I, I think you sort of complained mildly about I the compla- fact... I wasn't complaining. I was well, just you were saying observing, it as... You observed, yeah. you observed that most of the emails came from people uh, who'd heard me on TalkSport or on uh, Fighting Talk and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And were, um, I think cronies was the word that you used. Cronies are mine. Uh, now we're getting uh, lots of emails from people who are much younger... Um, This is from Ralph Brown, who says, Dear Martin and Ruth, love the podcast. The father-daughter discussion is such a simple concept. I'm surprised there aren't other similar podcasts out there over the years. Maybe there are. Well, yeah, I looked, and there's not really anything like this. Uh, He says, I'm in my 20s, excellent, without kids, and not old, exclamation mark. He says, I'm still a few episodes back, although there was a mention of cruising in one of them. You remember we talked about cruises and the environmental damage? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was like cruising, like... Cruising down the street in my sixth fall. (laughs) (laughs) Not like that. He says, I work as a musician on a Caribbean-based cruise ship. And it's true. They're evil, he says, as are the guests. The ships are harmful. Yeah. The ships are harmful and polluting. And the over-tourism is ruining the Mm. islands. Governments pay cruise corporations huge money to saturate the islands and turn large areas of land into fake corporate enclosed resort areas. Guests rarely venture out and the locals never profit. It's all a very fake experience. I never go on a cruise holiday. However, it's a huge and growing industry. If someone ever discovers how to make cruising environmentally friendly, I'll be having some shares in that. He says, P.S. I'm a Queggs lad. Uh, that's Queen ah. Elizabeth Grammar School uh, in Wakefield uh, from Donny. So I enjoy all the banal chat. Banal? All the banal chat about Yorkshire life. The accents and crap trains slash train ah. toilets, having had a Northern Rail commute for 10 plus years. He says the podcast is a dose of normality and refreshing, especially out here in the pretend world. Keep up the good work, which is very nice. Pretend isn't it? world. The, well, the, you know, yeah. on a cruise ship. That it's is pretend a pretend world. world, a very much pretend world. And uh, one here from. Uh, David Ailes, who, or Eels, E-Y-L-E-S. How would you pronounce that? Eels or Ailes? Ailes? Ailes. Well, we'll find out because I'm sure he'll get back in touch with us. Uh, He's out in Basra, so I'm assuming he's out with the services. So the good thing about that is this overnight show that I do on talk radio, he would be within a time zone that could hear it. Because he said, I turned on talk radio this morning at 2.30am, your time. Had to do a double take when I heard you guys on there. Um, he says, I love the new series, Conversation Just Flows, he says. Velvet Flares. He's oh, I've got we talked about that, yeah. Yeah, we talked about the velvet trousers. He says, when I was an awful lot younger, I wore velvet flares, along with platform shoes, bought from my mum's Littlewoods catalogue. <laughs> this would be like another country to you. And a, no, I get it, though. Uh, and a striped jumper, Slade era. You know, Slade? Yeah. Yeah. They do Christmas songs. They do that Christmas song. <laughs> They do yeah. loads of other songs as well. Well, but I mean... I always say, remember, music fans, Slade, it's not just for Christmas. If you do want to get in touch with us and uh, send us an email, we love to get them, don't we, Ruth? Mm. Yeah, we really do. Mm-hmm. Occasionally you get a short reply from me. Yeah. But very rarely one from Ruth. No. Uh, if you do want to get in touch with us anyway, it's martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll do the music in just a sec. If you want to get hold of our music... Go to the Spotify playlist and you can type in Ruthie, me and my dad and that'll take you straight to the playlist. Or Martin and Ruth. You know what? Actually, type in Martin and Ruth, which takes you to our profile, then click on the playlist because yeah. the podcast is also on Spotify. It is. So if you, you can find the, the actual podcast on there. So it's a little bit more difficult, I think, to find the playlist now because it gets well, confused it with okay, the... Yeah. yeah, you can find it, but it's a little 
because you can sometimes get confused. It's a good playlist. I like it. I never, I you know, because I've not been onto Spotify. We use it every week, but I not done it until recently and it's a really good uh, playlist and then it brings up all sorts of other stuff that, that I quite like in fact it brought this up this is dad discovering Spotify about three years after it yeah, was true. the height it's of its true. popularity it's all right all right but yeah so it's martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com do you think we've email. said that enough for no I think, think I should say it one more time say it one more time yeah I think I should martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com <laughs> Take a short break for uh, a commercial at this point for a product that we uh, or a podcast that we really approve of. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. And the music this week. Now, I was talking about Spotify a little bit earlier on having just discovered Spotify a couple of years late. When I went to our playlist, really enjoyed it. A bit of, you know, stuff we've played in the past, Scott Walker, Stormzy, all sorts of good stuff. It brought up 50 great Beatles covers, a playlist. Mm. Uh, and the one that I'm going to play this week is from one of those... Uh, fi- you chose the Beatles, sir? No, it's 50 great Beatles covers. Uh, okay. So these are all cover versions of Beatles songs. And it was one I wasn't aware of by Fiona Apple. Are you familiar with Fiona Apple? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, she was born in 1977. So she's uh, only 41. Uh, as you know, up till now. The youngest person dad's ever done. Yeah, precisely. Most of my ever people <laughs> are in their 70s. Well, they're in their 70s or sadly no longer with us. Um, but she's only 41, so plenty of years left. Uh, and this is her doing Across the Universe. like that don't you are you familiar sounds like some song that someone's done for an advert i just find it lazy acoustic covers like that do you yeah i think a a cover has to be really really good and really different from the original to be good are you familiar with the original then yeah yeah from the beatles album let it be john lennon yeah well i liked that i thought it was really good sounds like Um, they've done it for a bank advert 
Well, maybe it's the sort of thing we'll be using about. It doesn't mean it's a bad record if it's on a bank advert, though, because uh, or it's on any sort of advert. Because the thing about adverts is they will choose. Yeah. Uh, they'll choose some. Well, what did you think? I'm a of bit that? over these like wi- like whimsical female covers of, oh, yeah. okay. of old songs. Well, no, I'd be yeah. sure to know what the what the public think. Um, okay. Yeah. Should, should I give the address again? Uh, she was classically trained on the piano as a child. Uh, Fiona Apple began composing her own songs when she was eight years old. She's won a Grammy Award for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance for a, a song called Criminal. Uh, she's a vegan, if that's of any interest to you. Uh, it is. Yeah. During an in-depth interview, she revealed that she's battled obsessive-compulsive disorder throughout her adult life and had recently decided to quit drinking. She has also gone on record about struggling with depression, self-harm, post-traumatic stress, and trust issues with men. That track we played across the universe was a bonus track on the Japanese edition. And I know how you love everything all Japanese, don't you? Uh, On a Japanese edition of her second album, uh, When the Porn. So, a porn, P-A-W-N. So that's mine this week, Fiona Apple. Sorry to have disappointed you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Introduce me to yours. So, mine is a song called November by Babe Heaven, and it's a new song. It came out really recently. Um, And I'll explain later. Well, you're a few weeks late with that because it's November. Uh, <laughs> yeah, true. Tried for the track, November. Babe Heaven is made up of West Londoners, Nancy Anderson, who's the singer, and um, Jamie Travis, who's the guitarist. And they, when they first met, they were both working day jobs. N- Nancy in her grandmother's antique shop and Jamie in an organic farm store. And then they sort of started working on this, like, soul and electronic music that's kind of like Massive Attack or Cocteau Twins. Is that how you say that? Yeah, the Cocteau Twins. Cocteau Twins, it's kind of got a... from my era, the Cocteau Twins. ...vibe of that. And um, it's... I liked this. It's Trip Hop. Trip Hop. Trip Hop. Yeah, I know Trip Hop. So I thought it was quite cool. Yeah, well, I quite enjoyed it. It was a shame you didn't enjoy mine. No, I didn't not enjoy it. I just kind of heard that being done quite a lot of times before. Yeah, it's a fair point. Let's uh, move on to uh, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Uh, because you're watching, you're dedicated to that programme. You watch it every single night. And so, if I don't watch in the night, I will catch her. Well, we know what's happening. I don't really know what to say. Well, <laughs> we know that Harry Redknapp is favourite. I'll tell you yeah. what, I, well, let me tell you my observation then. My observation is those rats that they put on Harry Redknapp <laughs> and Nick Knowles must have, you know, they say no animals were harmed and all that sort of stuff. Mm. They must have been fed first, and they must have been sedated. And I, the reason I say that, and that I've n- oh, I don't, I've the, no the rats I, really, it, only the rat, like everything else, I'd be fine with. But rats really, oh, they really make me feel. Yeah, they make a lot of people feel queasy, and that's what because they're from uh, in in the original 1984. That's what's the scariest. The, the rats are the scariest, but in in the original 1984, also known as the book. Yes, the, the book. in the original 1984. No, what I mean is, what do you mean the original? And I'll tell you what I mean. I do you want to the film? What? No, I'm talking about George Orwell's book 1984, which 
if you like to think of it, it's the grandfather of all the reality shows. Because, yeah. you know, so... But it's just the way you said in the original 1984 makes it sound like you were... Like it's... Uh, no, I'm not I mean? suggesting that I'm a celebrity get me out of here. But if you if you were to trace I'm a celebrity get me out of here... No, I know, you, but you that went one... right the way back, what would you find? 1984, I'm not... Mm, I'm not right. denying that. No. In the original 1984, because the, the rats were the most scary. Right. So therefore they have to use rats in I'm a celebrity get me out of here because they know that is one of the... Uh, one of the particular animals or creatures that cause revulsion. And what I'm saying is, my conspiracy theory, if you like, because I have no mean, rather like half that stuff that you've said, I have no proof for this. But what I think was the rats that they put on uh, Harry Redknapp and Nick Knowles, who were in the cages and they put the rats in there, had been sedated because rats scurry around. They scurry around really fast and they nip and they bite. And these rats didn't nip or bite or anything. I don't know. Just, yeah, maybe. So that's that's my theory on that. The other thing about I'm a Celebrity, which you can probably tell me about, is Holly Willoughby apparently has become a bit of a fashion icon. Well, she, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're bound to be judged based on what you wear if you're a woman. And the daily, I liked especially the Daily Mirrors. Holly Willoughby's jungle outfits, do they get a thumbs up from you? Like, who would ever do that to Ant and Deck? I don't know. And the way, and then I think loads of people come. I think about her not her she was showing too much skin one day and not mm. enough the next day it's just ridiculous Ant and Deck would never be judged based on that they would be judged based on the quality of their presenting whether they were funny or not they wouldn't be ju- judged on what they were lo- what they looked like and I just think it's such a good example of how women are still held to a different standard to men mm. and the thing about women is uh, <laughs> the thing about women yeah the thing about women is of course they're not funny there's you know all right I'm joking but Holly Willoughby uh, see, Ali Ross, who's a top TV critic, writes a column in The Sun. Mm. And I was talking to Ali Ross about Holly Willoughby, and he didn't think... I mean, I think she's been fine on the show. Most people said she's been pretty good on the show. She's been pretty good. She yeah. said some funny things. Yeah, she's been pretty good. He reckons she's got no comic timing. I wondered what you as a... You know, he, he just I said... I've not noticed that. She's OK, but she's just not got the timing that Ant McPartland's got. I think, that, I think that's unfair, because Ant and Deck have been working with each other since they were, like... Yeah. 20 yeah. they were like Before kids. That teenagers, yeah, they were like teenagers when they started working together. Of course, you can have good comic timing with mm. someone that you know so well. I have good comic timing with my sisters because, do you? I've not noticed that. <laughs> so, um, because we, you know, you bounce off each other once you know someone really, really well. Mm. But I don't think Holly Willoughby has so shown okay. that she's had bad she been comic okay or more than okay. I think she's been good, been good, yeah. yeah. Well, according... I think it's big shoes to fill, really. Mm. But I, I think she's been good, not that big shoes to fill. No, Ant's the tall one, Dad. So. Oh, is Ant the tall yeah. one? So they're off quite big. Nice, nice, nice I child. never know which one's, which one's the tall one. Dex the, the short one, yeah. Well, now this is... Oh, because they make jokes about him being short, don't they, on the, on the programme. But as far as the uh, the winner goes, Harry Redknapp is uh, and has been from the start. Odds on favourite. Short odds on favourite. Despite your urging me to back John Barrowman. I just thought that Harry Redknapp might do something that... M- could put him out and then John Barrowman would win. Yeah, well, John Barrowman. Apparently not. I backed him at eight to one on your advice. He's now, as the person who watches so much reality TV. I, I thought, don't watch so much reality TV. I think that's unfair. Well, let's work it out. You watch I'm a Celebrity and you wait for that series to start and you watch every it's one. So I just you really watch enjoy. Made in no, because it also means that like Christmas is coming. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of people look on the World Darts Championship as the sign that Christmas is coming. 
and you like a lot of people yeah and you like darts on the tv don't i you? do like that it's fun it does it's a lot of fun have they got rid of the walk on girls in darts now as well yes they have i think it's, they yeah, got rid of it on every, everything i think so because they got rid of them on boxing didn't they got they? Rid of them on, and mm, formula one formula one they've got definitely got rid of them and, and on darts as well yeah 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 which is a, well i'm not watching now then yeah, it's, a, it's a real <laughs> shame it's a shame for the girls who used to do it but there you go Something else I'm mentioning is it's not not a new story, but Jenny Murray, who who I've worked with actually, she's the host of Woman's Hour, so she's she's quite a powerful woman, a good role model, and all that sort of stuff. And she she does speak up on uh, feminist issues, but she uh, put forward the view that uh, trans women aren't proper women because they've got you know she she wasn't being transphobic. She was just saying that as far as she's concerned... It is transphobic. Well, it's not. Okay, it's transerasia. Well, transerasia, that's a new one on me. No, that's... that's, People say transphobia and transerasia. Like, implying that trans people are either don't really exist, it's not a real thing, they're not real women, they're not real men. I, I don't think she was denying that's a real thing, but what she was saying was to be considered... A whole complete woman you have to have gone through you know if you you just this, suddenly become a yeah. woman in adult life you've not gone through you know periods and all the usual yeah but stuff that's not that what makes you a woman at all just being able to have a reproductive system makes you more of a woman she was due to speak at the oxford history society event they had a series called powerful british women in history and she was due to speak at that and she was uh, forced to uh, pull out because they thought that it would upset uh, trans right activists, uh, etc. Yeah, that is um, wrong. Yeah, well, that's, that's all I was trying to say about this. I wasn't saying that uh, it's not particularly my view. I'm going to view either way on the fact You've that... You've not got uh, a view either know, way? I disagree with her view, but... I agree with her right to express it when yeah. and wherever she wants. That's that's the whole point. But then and how? I think what's but happening now is people with views that might offend. Yeah, you that's know, true. I, I think her view might offend. Uh, I have one friend who is who is a trans woman, and I'm pretty sure that what Jenny Murray said would offend my friend. It went through a lot to become a to become a woman. You know, a trans woman with all the operations and all that stuff, and therefore. Uh, I disagree with her view. But what I also disagree with, probably more strongly, is the fact that she's prevented, in universities of all places, from uh, you know, from expressing the view. No, I agree that she should be allowed to speak on the university because what she said is not... It's not that controversial. It's not really transphobic. It, there's no, it's not massively wrong what she said, and I understand... I don't, I don't understand what she's saying, but... Because I don't think... I don't agree... But I think she should be allowed to say it in the universities. I think that's fine. I think she. I think that censorship is awful, and I think that it stops people having all the knowledge to make like decisions and stuff. But I think that you cross a line into. You, you're saying everyone should be allowed to express whatever they want to say all the time. No, then, I'm not saying. But you are. That, no, I'm not. I'm saying if it could cause uh, anything, violence, but anything could cause offence. Yeah, I'm not saying it would cause offence, fine. I think so, my view on causing offence is fine. I should be allowed to get up and say that the Holocaust never happened. What I'm saying is... But that's the same thing as what she's saying. No, she said that 
she refuses to accept that trans women were women because they have lived as men with all the privilege that entails and do not have the same experience of growing up as a female in a patriarchal society, is what she said. Which seems to me to be uh, a fairly, if that's her view, it's a fairly decent view. She's not, uh, no, I, I'm I don't not, think she's I being think outrageous. She's not denying something that historically we, knew, we know happened. She's not saying, she's not denying that. She's just got a view on this. What I'm saying, as far as censorship goes, you shouldn't be allowed to say anything that's illegal or might cause a riot in the streets for instance or might cause might give comfort to people on the say the extreme right or the extreme left of, you know or cause revolution or something and and then we've got laws and the the laws i think are perfectly uh, uh, you know the law will will handle all this stuff i don't think you need to just stop allowing people to no but no one's suggesting that you stop allowing people to say anything at all i think that they've got the university's got that one wrong because what she's saying is not so controversial that she shouldn't be allowed to speak however but also there's an argument for not giving a platform to people who say and i'm not talking about her in this instance because i don't think that what she said is that extreme but there is an argument for not giving a platform to people who say stuff that is like that is offensive and i'm not talking about making uh, causing violence i'm talking about just offensive things so like we'll take the holocaust denial stuff again david irving spoke at universities lots and lots should he be have been given that platform by universities well i would say yes i would say yes that he should have been given that platform by universities as long as he doesn't stray into saying anything that's illegal i think that's fine uh, so i'm going to stick to the point that i said it's the law can handle this we don't need so what if someone it's not illegal to say that being gay is unnatural so Trump, so should people be allowed to say that in universities as well? Yeah, I would have said so. But then you're giving a podium to people who are saying you're giving well, you're, just you're allowing, for example, like Marine Le Pen um, spoke at a university in France, I assume. No, in a British university. She came over here and she spoke in a university, and she is so right wing. She doesn't even really believe in democracy. I don't think. Like she's unbelievably right wing. We do a lot about her in French lessons because we do about French society, and she is like the most racist. But she's breaking the law. Yeah. If she if she says something, but you know, she doesn't. So she comes into this university and she says about immig- when she gets talking about immigration and she says what you've got to think about and she says it really softly spoken and she's very smart and she says what you've got to think about is if I if think of the country as your house, would you want just any old person walking into your house? And all of a sudden you can see people nodding along because she's she's clever in manipulating people's emotions. Well, good luck to her if that's what... If that's yeah, but it's she, not... As long but, as she stays well, the right side of the law, I don't see the problem. Yeah, but I don't think laws protect you against everything. No, well, you can't be protected against everything. I understand what you're saying, and I don't... And I think that we can't be too prissy about what we allow people to say and to not to say, because then it gets into a whole thing of censorship, which is not good. But the argument of, like, anyone should be allowed to say whatever they want is not okay. Within the law. Now, Ruthie, you had a thing about uh, meow meow, which is... Well, you have to explain to me exactly what meow meow... I know it's a drug. it's called... It's like meperidrone or something. I can't say any of the words I've got this week. Meow meow was at the height of its popularity. Yeah, you don't hear about it Between 2007, 2009-ish, maybe up to 2010, and then it came back a little bit. There was loads and loads of stuff about it. It's proper, like, party drug, like, rave drug. And people... It's like a psychedelic as well. And then... It got really out of hand and stuff. And then the government banned all psychedelics. And I read a story and there was these university students... They become psychoactive. Psychoactive drugs, I think. 
Maybe, I'm not mm. sure. I thought, I swear they call them psychedelics. Well, it's, you get a psychedelic experience. So psychedelic is, you know, for a weird experience and you think you can fly and everything, but the actual drug itself... I thought I they called them psychedelics. Yeah, maybe they do. And so there was these, and they talked about these university students, they were selling it while it was legal, because it was legal for quite a while, between 2007 and mm. 2009, it was still legal. Then it, there was loads of talk about it becoming illegal, so they imported loads of it over from China, and then it got made illegal, and they could put the prices up, and they earned like 30 grand in a month and stuff, and they, like, they were paying for like their university <laughs> with it. And then they banned it, and so the usage really went down, and between 2007 and 2009, for the first time, cocaine usage like dropped massively because people were just using meow meow, 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 meow. And now, cocaine usage has gone back up. So really, what's the point of ever banning drugs? It'd be interesting to see how the cannabis experiment goes in uh, 20-odd states in America and in Canada as well. Yeah, it goes well, doesn't it, pretty much everywhere it goes. Like, everywhere that... Well, so far, I think because it's it's fairly new, you would never... It, it would be five, ten years before you could judge an effect it had on society. I mean, what mm. really is... What looks a, a frightening, terrible drug is spice, you know, which is very, uh, very yeah. cheap. And you've just seen people walking around some um, town centres like zombies. But meow Meow remains illegal. I'm yeah, right they, know they, they banned... This is the thing, that they banned, like, all psychedelic drugs, did all of those, which... It, lends itself to loads more problems and stuff than it did solve anything. Yeah, yeah I think people will always go for the cheapest drug, won't they? But so then people do, I mean, you know, when, there's a surfeit of, when there's a surfeit of heroin, you know, people are selling like two pound rats of heroin, so, you know. Yeah, but this is, like, Kirk is really expensive. Not, I mean, not really, really expensive, like you can afford it, but it's expensive-ish. Yes, it would cost you more than buying the hash browns at Subway. <laughs> Meme of the week, Ruth. Do you have a meme of the week for us? This is not the original one I was going to do, but this fits quite well with our drug theme that we've had this week. Got the munchies, so snuck into ki- into the kitchen to get a snack. It's all dark, so I assume everyone's asleep. Tipped her through the dining room to get to the kitchen fridge. Very slowly make a bowl of cereal in order to make no noise. Turns out it was seven o'clock in the evening, I was just wearing sunglasses, and my parents were at the dinner table watching me creep around the kitchen and pour the world's slowest bowl of cereal. That's high. <laughs> That's very good, very good. Just one more thing before we go. Are you familiar with the concept of the French tuck? I know you do French at school. No. Oh, well, apparently the latest fashion trend amounts to tucking the front of your shirt into your waistband. So you tuck your shirt into the front, but you leave it hanging yeah, out. Yeah, that's what I do on set. Ah, well, that is... And you that's leave, what I do now. Yeah, and you leave it hanging out at the back. Yeah. Well, that apparently is a French tuck. And God, everyone's been doing that for years. Well, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I didn't know this was a... Well, it's a thing. It's a, that's oh, what we say nowadays. It's a thing now. It's a thing. Uh, it's the French tuck. But as I... My view was, when I used to be a schoolboy long, long time ago, I would always come home, my shirt would, you know, because in those days, nobody left a shirt hanging out. Your shirt was tucked in your trousers. And my shirt was always tucked in at the front. But of course, because I'd been, you know, kicking a football around the backfield and everything at school, it was hanging out of the back. So I was about 50 years ahead of the world in um, inventing the French tuck. Uh, I think that'll do it this week. Just to repeat the addresses. It's Martin and Ruth podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. And it's Ruthie, me and my dad are Martin and Ruth on Spotify. And it's time now for us to say goodbye. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.